Good morning. This is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today, we're here with Pastor Ken Wallace. Ken is the pastor at Sparta First United Methodist Church. They meet on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock for Sunday school and 11 o'clock for worship. And Ken would like to invite you to come join the good folks at Sparta First United Methodist Church. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Ken, we're glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for the invitation. Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about Ken Wallace. Uh, Where did you grow up, Ken? Grew up in Norfolk, Virginia. Wow, okay. What was it like growing up in Norfolk, Virginia? Well, it was a long time ago. Such a long, long Not time in the sixties, in the sixties, but I had a good childhood. That's a good time to grow up in the sixties. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. You know, but I had uh mom, dad, two older brothers and uh so So you're you the know, baby? I'm the baby. Oh yeah. little Kenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and been called that in a long time. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so did your siblings pick on you? Hmm, not more than normal, probably. I Did mean, you, you know, pick yeah. on your siblings? No, I was a perfect child. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we gave each other, you know. Yeah, one of my, the middle brother died. It's been about six that. months ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, he and I were probably the ones who got into it the most because we were closer in age. And uh, one of my favorite memories is the time we were arguing about something. On the in out back, and I hit him, and then I ran in the house. Yes, you did. Ran upstairs and locked myself in the bathroom. Smart move. And he came up there and said, "You go out when you come out. I'm gonna, you know." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, we can fill in the rest." Yeah, Yeah. I said, "I'm never coming out of this bathroom." (laughs) As you can see, I did, but it wasn't right away. <laughs> so, did parents intervene? How how did that? How does the story? I don't remember end? anything else about that story. I just remember telling him that I was never coming out of that bathroom. I get I that. Guess, I guess I don't remember a bloody nose afterwards. You so. must have hit him really hard, man. Eh, it wasn't that bad. You know. Where'd you hit him? Do you remember? I don't know. In the face. In the, oh, just in the face. Yeah, just the <laughs> you nose. You know, I mean, that's, that's we're brothers, you know. That's what you do. What was the age difference between you? Three years. He's okay. three years older. And your older brother? My oldest brother is three more years older. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't yeah. as easy to fight with him, with the oldest brother. No, the oldest oh. brother and I didn't get into it much. Yeah. So, and he's living here with us now, so. Oh, okay. So. All right. Well, um, tell us what what you did other than fight with your brothers. Were you involved in athletics or music or Mm. what was little Kenny Wallace like in school? Well, I liked sports, uh, but just, you know, that was back when kids played sports on their own without parents interfering. Right. Pickup games, right? Yeah. 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 We had a field right down from our house, and so we'd play baseball there or football and stuff like that. That is so cool. Did kids just come out from all over the neighborhood? Yeah, we'd just go out and play. Was it like shirts and skins? And we just kind of figured out who was who sometimes. You picked teams? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't that hard to figure out who was on the other team. Did you get picked first or last? Uh, Last, initially but eventually i earned my rep so you know. man i was always last yeah. i just stopped playing and became a cheerleader oh, man i wouldn't have been a very good <laughs> cheerleader so i i didn't really have that option <laughs> 
What's your favorite sport? Uh, basketball. Yeah? Okay. But, but then football. Do you have a favorite team now that you follow? Yes. And Do you like NBA or college or both? More NBA. Yeah? Yeah. And my favorite team is the Detroit Pistons. There which, we go. Uh, isn't very good right now, but we've had some good years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had that horrible, tragic loss recently with Kobe Bryant and his little yeah. girl. Yeah, that was um, bad. That's yeah. It's hard for awful. the NBA family, uh, especially uh, little ones who are up and coming and, and learning to play and loving the game. And uh-huh. yeah. yeah, I think the fact that it's him and his daughter both makes it especially. And others. There terrible. was other families yeah. involved as well. It's yeah. very tragic. Yeah. So are you pretty good on the basketball court? Probably not. No? Were you, were you at one time? Probably not. I was a legend in my own mind only. <laughs> yes. My brother and I used to play, just play with play a lot, you know. And, uh, so I was taller than him, which was my edge, but he could shoot better than me. So Shooting really is a skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a certain amount of talent involved, but also there's a tremendous amount of practice and, yeah. and drilling and skill involved in that as well. Yeah. Yeah, height's always helpful. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to it. Uh, there are lots of different talents and skills that go into basketball. So, yeah, uh, I uh, when I was in college, I lived in a dorm with the Lady Vols. It was amazing. Oh, that would have been neat. It was yeah. amazing. Those yeah. women are seven feet tall. Uh, oh yeah, when you actually stand next to a basketball player, mm-hmm. uh, who's you realize the height? You realize, oh my gosh, they really are a lot taller yeah. than me. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, yeah. I'm good to get, I'm good yeah. to clear five foot here. So they did no. seem very tall to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I went to school at Old Dominion University in Norfolk. That's where I did my undergraduate work, and they had some really excellent women's basketball teams for a while. They mm-hmm. won a few national championships, and so okay. so there's some names like Nancy Lieberman, you know, yeah. that are revered. And that's yes. where she was. Absolutely, yeah. What was your undergraduate degree in? History. History. History is harder than people think it is, isn't it? With all the historiography that you have to do and source proofing and things of that nature. People think you read books and write papers, but it's really a lot of detailed study uh, in history. That's That's a great degree, though, for someone who would end up in seminary. Yeah, it, it was good, and I liked history. Uh, I was initially probably going to major in English, but then I, my first year, I had a history professor I really liked, and uh, I just decided, yeah, you you do as much of the same kinds of stuff, you know. You still have to write and read and all that stuff in oh. history, like you do in English. It's just different material. But I wouldn't plan on going into the ministry when I went to college anyway. That was not my plan. Oh, okay. Well, this is going to make our next segment very interesting then. We're going to take a short break. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we'll be back in a moment with more with Pastor Ken Watts. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're back with Pastor Ken Wallace from Sparta First United Methodist Church. Ken, you were telling us that you were a history major. Did you have any uh, time period in history that you studied most more specifically than another? Uh, more just European history in general. Um, 
that I focused on. Uh, so that that would be the main thing. I mean, I took classes in Scottish history. I took classes in uh, Russian history. Um, you know, so how just general it, European history more than anything. Ancient how, Greece. Um, ancient Greece. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Biblical stuff there. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, I was just taking it to learn about the Greeks at that point. <laughs> how 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 does a history major uh, end up a pastor? How did that call come about in your life? Well, um, when I entered college, uh, I was planning on being a sports writer. Oh, nice! Yeah. Okay, so that was the plan. Okay. Uh, I'd been the sports editor for my high school newspaper, and I started writing sports for my college newspaper. Uh, my Sophomore and junior years, I was sports editor for my college newspaper, and then I was managing editor in my senior year. So, so I was into that, uh, and that was the plan originally. Uh, and then it changed. <laughs> How did God call you to this line of work? Um, initially, after my freshman year, I, you know, I was kind of dealing with some stuff, trying to figure out where my faith was in my life and how important it was or wasn't. Um, and so pretty much at the close of my freshman year, I made what I'd call a, an adult commitment to Christ that, you know, at least an adult one for a 19-year-old. Right. And, uh, and then the calling is something that happened gradually over the next couple years. It just seemed like I mean, I like sports, uh, st stayed very interested in sports uh, from then on and still have, but it just didn't feel like that was supposed to be my primary focus, that God had something else for me to focus on. Was it scary for you to think about a life in ministry? Um, since I kind of uh, gradually eased into it and, you know, was more involved in my church and more involved in campus activities. Uh, no, it really, I mean, I wasn't one of those people who, you know, that you got dragged, kicking and screaming kind of people. I just wasn't one of those kind of people because it was more gradual that this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. How old were you when you preached your first sermon? Hmm. I'm thinking maybe 20 or 21. It's uh, young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my pastor at the church I grew up in asked me if I wanted to preach one Sunday, and so uh, I agreed to do it and uh, thought I had some idea what I was doing. I was wrong, <laughs> but anyway, but I thought I did. It's, it's really one of my funny stories because um, – that week before I was going to be preaching that Sunday, I had a dream one night. And in the dream, I was sitting right next to the pulpit as the pastor was introducing me to speak. And I had some three by five cards in my hand and I was furiously scribbling notes on them. Uh, and when I woke up, I was like, oh, thank God that was a dream. Yeah. And I said, I think God's telling me I need to make sure I'm prepared Absolutely. before Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I've tried to be prepared since then. <laughs> it was a good dream. How much time goes into preparing a sermon for Sunday morning? 
Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't ever, I've never said that I'm going to mark down exactly how many hours. It kind of depends. Um, for me, the main thing has always been getting an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually that idea comes from spending some time with a particular passage of scripture and trying to hear something there that's, you know, gives me something to chew on. Mm-hmm. It's like, huh, you know, uh, what is that saying? You know, I mean, what in that kind of speaks to me on a deeper level? Uh, and then to me, once you've got the idea, something that you hear saying something to you, then it kind of writes itself in a sense. I mean, you, you've got to find stuff that, you know, you got to develop and all that, but at least you've got uh, an idea you're working with, uh, as opposed to if you have no idea what you're talking about. Then. That's bad. Yeah. You step in the pulpit with no idea what you're talking about. That's, yeah. that's not good, man. No, because nobody else will know what you're talking about either. No, 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 no. You want to do the, you want to do the work. Yeah, want to do the work. Yeah. And part of that is because if if I'm not hearing what God is trying to say to me, then what business do I have saying anything to anyone else? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, what's your uh, of all the hats that you wear as pastor? What are what is your favorite? Do you like the congregational care? Do you like preaching? Do you like Teaching classes. I like preaching and teaching best. Yeah. I really enjoy teaching. I have a Bible study I teach every Wednesday morning, and I really enjoy doing that. Well, is there a particular book of the Bible you study? Oh, right now we're studying the Holy Spirit. Oh, So wow. we kind of jump around okay. with themes or books or whatever. Just oh, that's great. Just kind of sees what kind of depends on what people seem to be interested in and what I feel like, okay, this is, so it's, Kind of a dance, I guess. Sometimes it's based on what they're looking for, and sometimes it's something I feel like, hey, this is something I feel passionate about to teach. Right, yeah. If someone wanted to come sit in on that study, uh, what time would they come on Wednesday mornings? It's Wednesday mornings at 10 That's in our fellowship hall. So. Okay, and give us the address. 23 North Church Street. So Sparta. you go into downtown Sparta, you turn left on Church Street, you pass the public library. Uh, on your left, and there's a house, and then it's the church, and you go around back to the parking lot. There we are. And there you are. Very good. You're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we're back this morning with Pastor Ken Wallace from Sparta First United Methodist Church, and Ken would like to share a motivational moment. What do you have that you did not receive? That's the question the Apostle Paul asked the readers of his first letter to the church at Corinth, Greece. What do you have that you did not receive? I was eating dinner with my family in an Olive Garden restaurant once, and I heard a man at a nearby table say, No one has ever given me anything. I've worked hard for everything I've got. I wasn't trying to listen in on his conversation, but he made that statement loudly enough that I'm sure many other diners also overheard him. No one has ever given me anything. I've worked hard for everything I've got. Now, I'm in no position to dispute that he had worked hard. 
I will happily take him at his word. But I wonder about his first statement. No one has ever given me anything. Can that be so? Can it be true? No one ever gave him anything? Or is Paul much closer to the truth when he asks us, What do you have that you did not receive? I don't know about you, but when I start making a list of all that I have received, it quickly grows very long. First of all, of course, I received the gift of life. That gift includes all kinds of other amazing gifts. Eyesight. Hearing, thought, speech, hands, feet. Who can put a price tag on any of these gifts? And then there are the gifts of a mother's loving care and a father's guiding hand and a roof over my head and food in my belly and a warm bed. Then how about all the teachers who educated me and the preachers who inspired me or the doctors and nurses who treated me or the police and firefighters who protected me? the soldiers, marines, sailors, and pilots who fought and died for my freedom, or the farmers who grew the food I ate, or the truckers who transported it, or the grocery stores that sold it, and I've not spun any of the cloth or sewn together any of the clothes I wear. And that's not the half of all that I've been given. I mean, I haven't paved any roads, haven't built any power plants, run any electrical wiring, telephone lines, or internet cable, or erected any cell phone towers. I didn't invent the bicycles I've pedaled, the cars I've driven, or the airplanes I've flown on. The list of all that I have received just goes on and on. And every day I'm gifted with the love of my family and friends and church and, most of all, our God. What do you have that you did not receive? I mean, honestly, I have a much harder time making a list of what I have not received. Now, I imagine this man I overheard was angry about people who always have their hand out and don't ever appear to work hard. Yet, in my experience, it was seeing my dad working hard, seeing my older brother working hard, that inspired me to work diligently. If I'd not seen the pride they took in a job well done, I might be far lazier. What if the only reason many of us work hard is because we were given positive examples that encourage us to do our best? Later on in the same letter, Paul writes, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And God's grace toward me was not in vain, for I worked even harder than all. Yet it was not me, but the grace of God that was with me. That's the spirit I want to have. What do you have that you did not receive? Thank you, Ken. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're back with Pastor Ken Wallace from Sparta First United Methodist Church. Ken, this is our last segment of the show, and it is my favorite because it's just full of fun questions, and we learn so much about each other through fun questions. So this is the thing. I'm going to ask you five questions. You get a free pass or uh, or plead the fifth. We don't want you to incriminate yourself. It's okay. One free pass or uh, plead the fifth, and uh, we're, we're ready to go. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So... What's on your playlist? 
I kind of go back and forth between listening to old rock and roll and listening to contemporary Christian music. Okay, so are you talking like Boston, ACDC? You know, I like uh, Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles and uh, uh, CCR and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, you know, Uh, Eric Clapton. So, Ken, if you had a choice, you could be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room. Which would you prefer to be and why? I don't know. I'll go with funniest. Yeah? You know some good jokes? One or two. Tell us one. Well, one of my favorite jokes is about the guy who comes into a bar. Okay. Ask the bartender, if I show you something special, will you give me a free drink? Bartender says, well, it depends on what it is. <laughs> well, the guy pulls a mouse out of his pocket, huh. and the mouse scurries down the bar, jumps to the piano, and starts playing a tune. Bartender says, that's eh, pretty special, so he pours him a free drink. Well, after he drinks that, uh, he says, hey, if I show you something else special, will you give me another free drink? Bartender says, well, it depends on what it is. Well, he pulls a frog out of his pocket now, sets the frog down on the bar, and the frog starts singing along to the tune the mouse is playing. Okay. Tenor's pretty impressed. He says, yeah, that's worth another free drink. Guy comes up and says to him, I'll give you 300 bucks for that frog. I says, sold. 300 bucks, and he takes off the frog. Okay. Bartender looks at him and says, you are an idiot. That frog's worth a lot more than $300. (laughs) Guy says, no, nah, the frog's not worth anything. The mouse is also a ventriloquist. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All righty. So, um, let's see. We're on question number three. What is your best scar story? Well, well I've got the one where I fell off my bike Yeah, what'd you when hit? I was a kid. Did you hit a tree? Uh, my, well, I was riding my bike, and the handle grips just slid right off the bar. <laughs> and I looked for a second, like, how'd that happen? And then I fell and got a scar on my chin. Okay. So there's that one. But the other one I have is that I was washing dishes, oh. you know, which is totally different. Feeling you know? I was in older. a story somewhere. No, no. Actually, it was a glass that broke, oh. and it sliced off a piece of skin right on my hand. Oh, and and it was like it was floating in the water, and I figured, well, it's clean, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> oh hot soapy gosh. water. <laughs> so I kind of rinsed it off and just stuck it back on, and put a bandaid on, and it's still there. You You're can see, kidding. you can still see. There's this little circular scar there. Oh you know? my gosh, dude, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I Were mean, you like twelve? No, I was like thirty or 30. something. If you uh, were in a position and you were going to lose all your money or all of your pictures, which one would you choose to lose? Hmm. It's hard to lose all your pictures now, you know, because they're digital. (laughs) Well, you know, there's going to be, let's see, we can come up with multiple scenarios. There is a a, a surge of electricity. It fries your computer. Your backups are gone, too. Everything's gone. Or there's, you know, a crash and you lose all your money. Yeah. Which is, I guess the question is, which is more valuable to you, your money or your memories? Hmm. Let's I see. All right. Yeah, I'm going to be really it's a philosophical pra- practical question. here and just say, you know, I got all those pictures in my head anyway. There you go. I'm, I mean, I, 
my wife loves to take pictures. She takes a million pictures. She know. does. Does uh, she print them? Or does she yeah, just she, store them on the she computer? She does both. She does both. But um, so so I would just borrow hers. But anyway, <laughs> she's go. got them all anyway. But to me, so much of of what pictures represent is what you remember in your head anyway. And your heart. You know, yeah. And you've got that. And how you remember that to me is even more than the picture. So I'd probably be very practical and say, you know, that money's going to go a lot further than the pictures are. Yeah. Not yeah. sentimental at all on that one, am I? Right. Money buys the groceries, man. Got to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. My wife would appreciate the fact that I could still put food on the table yes. probably. <laughs> yes. Most people like that. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say, I'm glad you have the pictures. Yes. Thank you, sweetheart, for yeah. keeping the pictures. You keep the pictures, I'll keep the money. You make a good team. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. I couldn't do without her. <laughs> there you go. Okay, last question. Do you have a favorite TV show? I mean, I watch some sports on TV. I like Big Bang Theory occasionally. I'll you do? watch that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of because they're so, so incredibly so nerdy, nerdy mm-hmm. in the dumbest way possible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, smart in the stupidest way possible. I think that's hands down the funniest show on TV. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But I've been, my brother being with us now, we've been watching a lot of Westerns. So, because he likes to watch the old Westerns. So, Mm -hmm. I've seen more gun smoke in the past few weeks than I probably saw when I was growing up. Hoss and Little Joe and all that. Oh, yeah. Bonanza and all that. Bonanza and gun smoke and. And the Big Valley and oh, wow. the Virginian, which, you know, the Virginian, obviously. I should Absolutely. watch the Virginian mm-hmm. since I am a Virginian, a Virginian originally. Yes, required watching in the Wallace household. Yes. Yes. Ken Wallace, we're grateful that you were here with us today. Um, we want to remind folks to come visit you at Sparta First United Methodist Church on Sundays at 10 o'clock for Sunday school and 11 a.m. for worship. And Pastor Ken has a special Bible study on Wednesday mornings at what time again? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. If you'd like to learn a little bit more and share some uh, stories and experiences with the Holy Spirit, 10 o'clock on Wednesdays at Sparta First United Methodist Church. Ken, thank you for being here this morning and telling us about your life and your calling. Okay. Thank you, Dana. Each week, we'll introduce you to members of the community who've been called to follow in their different and distinct ways. I'm Dana Hornby, and this has been The Calling.